so great. Okay. Hey, right out, right out the gate this morning, I have a question for you. Welcome, good to see you all, and I have a question for you right out the gate this morning. If you could ask for anything, anything at all, and know that it would be given you, what would you ask for? No, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because that takes us into dangerous territory. And I want you to be honest. If you genuinely could ask for anything at all and know that that request would be answered, what would you ask for? In, in Scripture, in 2 Chronicles, this record of kings in those days, we find God asking Solomon this question. Solomon is a new king. He's young. He's inexperienced. He comes hot off the heels of his father, David, who's this famous warrior hero, like a great king of Israel. And as, and as Solomon takes his place on the throne, God says, Solomon, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Name it and it'll be yours. And Solomon says, if I'm going to lead, if I'm going to be able to make the right decisions, if I'm going to be able to discern the the direction that this nation needs to take, then I'm going to need wisdom. Do you notice that it's actually a really wise answer? (laughs) Like Solomon knew that if he was going to lead, fame and, and fortune and strength and image just wouldn't get close. But, but if he had wisdom, then he would know the things that weren't important, the things that were just superfluous, and he'd be able to chase after the right things. He'd make the right decisions about those. He'd know the course to take. He asked for wisdom, and God gave it to him. And, and Solomon, many of you will have heard that Solomon is actually a word, a name that is synonymous with wisdom. You know, we joke about someone being as wise as Solomon. That's where this comes from. And God gave it to him. And as word spread about his wisdom, as people gathered and and they heard stories, people traveled from far and wide to come and sit at the feet of Solomon and hear these words of wisdom that he would share. And news spread fast. And this queen, queen of Sheba, hears and she's like, That sounds incredible, but just a little far-fetched. I can't believe somebody actually has wisdom like that. And so she journeyed, and she comes to Solomon. She's like, I'm going to go with some difficult questions. If he thinks he's been tested so far, wait till he's met me. So the Queen of Sheba turns up, and she realizes that Solomon can answer her questions without any difficulty whatsoever. And she says, I've heard of your fame. I've heard of your wisdom. I thought it was too good to be true. But now I realize these stories don't even scratch the surface. It is incredible what God has given you. And the cool thing for us is that Solomon didn't just speak words of wisdom and have all of this understanding. He wrote them down. He wrote them down in a book that we have in our Bible. It's called Proverbs. And he wrote many of the Proverbs that are in there. And uh, if you know Proverbs, it's sort of like pithy, short, wise statements. They're like God tweets. Um, and so, thanks. Not, not my joke. 
But I'd heard it and I thought, that sounds really cool, actually. God tweets, like, who knew that was a thing back then? But it was. We wanted pithy statements that we could get, oh, that feels warm and fuzzy. And I don't have a phone, so I'm going to put it on a picture in my house or something like that. Maybe maybe make garments with these statements on. Anyway. And so we don't actually have to sort of, we don't actually have to go back in time and hear Solomon. We have them written for us. They were written 3,000 years ago. And they are these statements about every single aspect of life. You name it, it is there. And, and, and it sort of transcends time and culture. And you might think, oh, really? Like, is there something that was written 3,000 years ago that could really be relevant today? But I want to ask us a question with that in mind. You see, have we really learned the secret of doing life well? We're like 3,000 years down the line from where these Proverbs are written. And we could say there is so much knowledge, so much learning, so much understanding, so much information at my fingertips. I have a smartphone that has incredible computing power. I have access to the, to the world wide web. Like I have so much information. But if you really think about your daily life now, have we really learned the secret? of doing life well. I wonder if, just as people traveled from far and wide to sit at Solomon's feet, I wonder if we might take five weeks in this series we're calling Words to Live By, where we're going to open up the book of Proverbs. And just like people gathered from far and wide around Solomon, I wonder if we might gather around this book of Proverbs and say, what does it actually look like to do life well? And, And as we do so, There's a challenge I want to bring because Proverbs comes out of Hebrew culture and in Hebrew culture, to to know something was to do it. And, And if what you knew wasn't played out in everyday life, you didn't actually know it. Because what would be the point of knowing something and not applying that? If it's actually going to make a difference, it has to be applied. And so as we come around this concept of Proverbs, of wisdom, and think about how we might apply this insight into everyday life. This is not so much a a lecture or a monologue. I want us to think of it like an apprenticeship. I want us to think of it of sharing knowledge and putting things into practice and working out as a community what this might look like. And so there are going to be elements of this morning that begin in a monologue, but pretty quickly I'm, I'm going to invite a panel up and we're going to have a discussion this morning. I'm going to introduce us to sort of four concepts out of Proverbs, particularly around this area. This morning we're starting off with work and we're going to go in the next five weeks over places like um, money and, and character and friendship and something else. And uh, that'll be like a surprise bonus. Words. Uh, not a surprise bonus, but a bonus anyway. We're going to look at words. But this morning we're going to look at work. And the whole reason for choosing those five topics is that they are areas that affect every single one of us. There is something for every single one of us to learn there. And we're going to, and, and so I want us to have a monologue, a little bit of a monologue that enters into a dialogue this morning. And I want that dialogue to continue. And if you're not familiar, we're a large gathering on a Sunday, but throughout the week there are small group communities that meet in homes around this this area and actually as a wider church around this wider city. And there are great locations to come together and say, okay, what do we hear this week? 
What was challenging? What was encouraging? How, how do those things look in my life? And how can we grow as a community, not just in information, not just in knowledge, but actually as a community, living in wisdom, living well? And so that's what we're going to look at. That's what we're going to start this morning. We're going to talk about words. And I'm going to invite three people to the stage, uh, Craig and Timothy and Karen. And as they come and we get ourselves settled on these stools up here, why don't you watch this little video from the IT crowd just to get us into the zone of work. Turn my microphone back on. There we go. So great. Um, okay, well, thank you. Thanks for joining me. And um, we've drawn a panel from sort of out of this community, but actually from a wide range of sort of expressions of work. And, and as we think about this, I just want to set a bit of context right at the start. Because when we say work, we so often think paid employment. And I want us to see this morning that the principles we're going to look at in Proverbs come much wider than that. Work, God gave Adam work to do in the Garden of Eden. Pre-sin, okay, work isn't evil, okay, we sort of need to put that out there. But, but it also predated money. Work was actually about striving, effort, discipline in, in accomplishing something, in seeing something come out of, uh, out of effort. And so I want us to see that work has more to do with um, things that have been accomplished than just paid employment. Voluntary work comes into this. Serving other people comes into this. Creating things, training, studying. All of these things come around this concept of work. And so with this in mind, we've sort of bought a, a, you know, I think a a panel that's drawn, you know, across a wide spectrum of our community. And so uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? There's a microphone on the floor. It would help. Um, Should have picked that up for you. Karen, introduce yourself. What's work look like for you? Hi, my name is Karen. Um, It's been seven years since I've been paid to do a job, but I'm at home with three boys. They're... Birthdays are all coming up, so they're coming up seven, five, and two. Great. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for that. <laughs> My wife and I have four children. 
Like every so often I'd, I'd come home and do it because she was sick. It's like I was really glad to go back to work. <laughs> um, I've been a solicitor for over 20 years. Um, the first, well, been close to 30 years. The first um, uh, 10 or so, uh, I was working for other lawyers. And then the second 17, I've been working for myself. Right. And um, I, the, the two things are really, really different. You know, when you're working for someone, you're told what to do, you're expected to do. When you're working for yourself, you have to be self-starter. Um, I'm also involved as a secretary of a fishing club, and that probably takes up more time than it should. <laughs> Timothy. Hi, I'm Timothy. Um, I work in early childhood education. Um, I manage at a centre in Kilburnie, and um, but I was a teacher before then as well. Yeah. Great, yeah. so good. Welcome. So great. Uh, you can just pass that between you when you feel like speaking. Great. So the first thing I want to talk about is diligence. And uh, let me take you to Proverbs uh, chapter 6. It says this, go to the ants, you sluggard. I want to bring sluggard back into the English language. I think it's a phenomenal word. Uh, other translations you use the word slacker, but I love this word sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food in harvest. I, I looked up some stuff on uh, ants. If you've ever had an ant problem, uh, you will know that it's incredibly hard to get rid of. And uh, I think one of the reasons it's so hard to get rid of is because ants work so hard. I I looked up some stuff on ants. They work on average a 19-hour day. They sleep standing up and and can lift more than 100 times their body weight. Now, Karen, hold fire because I think you'll probably think it sounds like a mum to me. But anyway... (laughs) They, ants, ants can't speak. Some ants can't even see. And yet, with no boss and no speech, they manage to communicate. They manage to get themselves organized and pull together to accomplish great things. And, and not only that, they work doubly hard in winter, so in, in summer, so they can provide for, for winter. And as Solomon looks at ants, he thinks if, if that is how they are to sort themselves out, how much more should we be able to think through and organize ourselves and, and work hard? And so with that in mind, I don't want to ask us to compare our working week to an ant, but I want us to say, I want us to ask the question, if, 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 if a godly principle, if a wise thing is for us to learn what it means to work diligently, to work hard, what have you learned in terms of what motivates you to work hard? Um, when I was looking through the verses um, around diligence, one of the things that came to mind, and it kind of sounds like a proverb, is a saying that runs through my head a lot, which is make hay when the sun shines. And I just always think I've just got to make hay when the sun shines. <laughs> like as soon as I've got a moment, I need to be putting my hand to it and... Um, just even this morning, I was getting the boys ready to come to church. Um, my husband's away, so just making sure I've got everything done. And it's like, and I'll put on a load of washing so that I can hang it when I come home. And you're like, why? You know, why am I thinking that far ahead? But I'm just, I always have to think 
ahead, I always have to think about when am I going to feed them next? When am I going to feed them next? When am I going to feed them next? <laughs> Three boys, sure did you say? Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and if I don't make hay when the sun shines, if I don't think about what I'm going to need before I need it, then I'm going to get myself in a pickle and it's going to be, yeah, not fun for anyone. So, yeah. Nice. Any other thoughts, gents? I think one of the, I'll go on. Um, f- for me, it's difficult to to think of being diligent in the sense that I have um, lots of bosses, I have lots of clients who want things done, and so I often tell them, you know, the reason you haven't heard me was that I've got 50 balls in the air and I'm trying to keep them there, as in, and keep juggling them. So I'm always. Um, Prioritizing and reassessing priorities and things, and so uh, uh, I like the, the the story. Make hay while it shines. It's just that there's so much hay to cut. <laughs> um, um, and, and so, um, just different situations, I suppose, in some ways. Or that's how I feel about mine. Yeah. I'm just I'm just juggling lots of things, and and. Often the things there are. I was talking with this about uh, about this with Isabel this morning. There's a whole range of different types of works. Some people want to do, for instance, a will, and, and that can be an any time thing, unless they're sort of on death's door, which does happen from time to time. But um, uh, for instance, if you've got a sale and a settlement, you've got to have your ducks in a row on the day that it's settled, otherwise you're going to have all sorts of embarrassment and trouble. Or if you've got a court date and you're appearing in court, you have to be ready for that. And so those things are... Um, uh, there's lots of different scenarios that, that having many uh, responsibilities comes to. So I suppose one of the things for me is to say no. Right. Um, that's... Uh, it's a useful thing in terms of trying to be able to say, oh, look, I'm not going to be able to get this done in time for you. You need to use somebody else. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, sometimes you don't see that coming. You know, so, when you've got too much on. Yeah, sure. That sort of leads us to um, something that I guess in some ways is more common in our time is actually not how do I work hard, but actually, you know, what does too hard look like? You know, it's, you know um, it seems like we're to find more hours in a week than uh, maybe there actually are. Uh. I can kind of follow on, follow on from that, um, from Karen, and about the whole prioritising and organising and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, I love your analogy about ants, oh, you know, the biblical one. Um, but it just made me remember that ants are really funny in that, like, somehow they manage to work hard but also walk in single file in a straight line as well <laughs> behind the next guy and so it's quite an organisational thing as well and, you know knowing how to organise working smart saying no and things like that um, I think in my field in early childhood like um, it's you know you always hear teachers saying oh it's really stressful and things like that and I think um, the biggest thing is that um, when you're you know working with children like um, in New Zealand in, in our curriculum it's all about like um, thinking the ne- thinking about the next step. So thinking about how we're organising the room, 
but also how the children are learning and um, their individual learning journey, how that's taking them, and then also as a group, where the group interest is and how we can utilise all of that, all that like knowledge about them, but actually make it into something fun and exciting in the room. And that, I think, takes a lot of on-the-floor, on-the-spot on the kind of analysing and organising your brain, getting ready to make something fun out of what everybody likes. But, um, yeah, really making it meaningful for the children. Yeah, yeah, so I think that is... So you kind of have to take the time when you have to, like Karen said as well, right. like to, to think about, right, what am I going to do next? They're all going to start coming in now and I need to organise something. Yeah. 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 Sure. And on the other side um, of this sort of working hard principle, uh, I think all of us or some of us would face moments where actually working hard and, and maybe the risk of overworking isn't so much the risk but more um, actually I f- find it really easy to procrastinate at sometimes. I find it really easy to, to not work hard. Sometimes I just don't feel like it. What secrets have you had in, found in terms of combating those moments where um, actually it's easier not to work? Uh, I find I sort of have a, a tier system to all the tasks that I need to do in the day. And so I've got the basic task, which is feed them, to keep them alive. <laughs> as long as they're living at the end keep of the day. Keep them alive. Uh, yeah, but then... These things are in um, different levels, and I find that level one stuff really easy. I can be diligent with that. I can keep the house turning over. I can keep them fed. I can keep them getting to where they need to go. But then it's the extra level stuff. Um, It's the tasks that don't come up so often. Um, It's the new projects or the new things I want to do. And then way down on the bottom of the list is like my self-care as well. And knowing... um, Having the diligence to get onto those lower tasks right. is where I find hard. Sure. Uh, the diligence for the top tasks I can just do because I know I have to because yeah. if I don't, there's these really huge repercussions that come at me in the form of small, hungry people. So, but the other tasks that don't have a strong repercussion, that's where that diligence kicks in and I have to have more self-driven motivation for. Yeah. I love what you're drawing out there, Um I realise I'm going to ask another question on top, but just to flavour this a little bit, in that, um, you know, so often we can be uh, not hardworking or put things off because actually we haven't attended to, like you say, self-care. Because suddenly we're tired because we're just, I'm done with this. I'm just over the top. And so what have, what re- I've had to find a rhythm in my life of, of replenishment and refreshing, and I talk about running quite a bit, but running's one of those things for me. Running home helps me just reset. Running at weekends helps me just refresh and, and get out so that I'm ready to go again. And I wonder, what have you found in terms of things that refresh you, replenish you, and sort of keep you going? Um, I have found this hard. Um, I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, one of my new things is this year I bought a piano, and I'm oh, trying yes. to self-teach myself via YouTube. Um, YouTube trains. Don't, don't knock that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm YouTube training myself on the piano. And for me, that that's something that I can sit down and I can do. And no one's going to eat it. And no one's going to destroy it. So, so I can so learn and have something that I've produced. Yeah. 
that's for me yeah. and that can't be taken away because yeah, what sure. I... I love cooking and I love preparing food for my boys, but it does just disappear. And I love having a clean house, but that does just disappear. Yeah. Um, but the piano, I can actually see myself moving forward. Wow. And no one can take it away. Yeah, so, so that's good. good. So that kind of replenishes me. Replenishment, gents? Um, I have a mixture of um, what I do. I, I play basketball, I play video games on my phone. Things like that. And I also invite friends over to play board games. Um, and it's just getting, t- switching yourself off from that kind right. of like work day, you know, like sometimes yep. you're, you're at work and you wait and then you come home. And then I think having, finding like, um, having that good balance of hobbies, I think is really important because, right. um, and realizing that it's not just, um, um, these two wheels, but they kind of help each other as well. So, yeah, great. So, you know, when I'm doing my other things, that, you know, the things that you learn from that actually helps you in your work as well. Yeah. And, and, um, and it also, yeah, helps you to rest. Yeah. 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 Fishing. <laughs> Any of you know Great. me kind of know that my middle name is Fishing and then the next one too. And no, no. Um, I, uh, I'm quite involved in my fishing and that places other people occasionally. Um, I love doing things with my family. Uh, right. On a, um, our daughters are living apart from us now, so we're empty nesters. There is life after those <laughs> Pac-Men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so we, we have breakfast each weekend on a Saturday with our daughters right. at, a, at a cafe And it, 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 it provides a real break from work. Work for me can be quite demanding, and at times um, when I have a big thing on, like a court case, I could be working till midnight or two or sometimes five, get home, have a shower, have an hour's sleep, and off to court. Um, so, so having the, the, the two different things of of family and and hobby and and work quite distinct is really yeah. helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah, so great. Also I just find oh sorry. Um that I actually just find often I feel really replenished just when my job's going well. When the kids are happy, right. when the house is running smoothly. I, that really does replenish me. Yeah. So sometimes in the weekend Mike will say, Well why don't you go, go do something different and actually just seeing him with the boys and seeing the boys and being part of that work and having that work working well then that actually replenishes me a lot as well so sometimes it's not a different thing it's a you get replenished in your work yeah so great yeah I think sorry I just I just feel it's important to say on behalf of everyone I think um it's also important to take a time to have a good cup of coffee yes (laughs) that's your like five minutes of yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We love that. Great, amen. Praise <laughs> the Lord for that. We we talked a little bit about prioritizing. There's a psalm, a uh, proverb, rather twenty four twenty seven that says, "Put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build 
your house. And some people look for really deep meanings in this. I, I, I look at this and I go, wow, it's like, don't just work harder, work smarter. And uh, some people think that it could be, you know, making sure you sort out your income, sort out your long-term livelihood before you look for luxury. I, I sort of see in here, though, something of real ordering, real priority that enables things to happen more effectively. When you think about it, if you get your fields ready and you plant crops, they can be growing while you build a house. It's no different to me putting the jug on in the morning so the coffee can be brewing while, before the toast goes on. You know, there's a prioritizing to these things. Work smarter, you know? And so uh, you've talked a little bit about um, priorities and things like that, but just in terms of workload and, and priorities... Um, when we talked, I'm going to, for the sake of time, just skip a little bit. We talked a little bit about priorities, but when we've talked, we, we've talked a little bit about um, more important priorities and the busyness not missing people and actually that being a, a valid priority. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, oh, I've got the microphone. Oh. Timothy looked <laughs> Yeah, he did have a look. Oh, um. I think I was telling you earlier about how, um, yeah, so my job is to manage people. And so I have to remind myself quite often that people are the most important thing. You know, like I could just be sitting in my office, ticking off the checklist, making sure I don't have any pinned emails and things like that. But actually, um, you know, the people are the most important. So very often I try to remind myself that that is the priority. So, you know, take time out of the office to go around to the rooms, talk to people, and the first thing I get into work, I always make sure that I go around and talk to every teacher, make sure that everyone's on the same page, we're all okay, and the ship's not sinking. And Yeah, so I think, yeah, that's really important. And it's even just the small things about asking how they are, how, you know, how was the weekend and things like that. And yeah. it, yeah, really helps with connecting, not just, you know, them to me and me to them, but also me to my work purpose as well, and understanding that I'm doing the thing that, I mean to be doing, like, and it's meaningful. Yeah. 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 Um, not that you weren't saying this, but um, for me, <laughs> um, quiet times are my biggest priority. Wow. Uh, everything I do really stems out of my relationship with Christ. It just gets in the way, but ignore it. Um, it's great. It's great. I just changing the subject. That, that for me is, is the, the baseline. And a long time ago, I got to the point where I was a seven-day quiet time person rather than a five-day. Um, Mr. Relationship. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, now we know what those morning walk-arounds can be like, you know. How's everyone going? Oh. I don't know you have these in the basket. I can oh. keep them in my pocket when I walk around. <laughs> um, the other relationship thing for me is that I love looking at people um, in my work as, as 
being on equal day. And there are lots of people who come uh, in and through my work who don't have any way of paying me. And I try to... Um, I just try to love them like God loves them. Right. See them as he is. And um, so there are people who are... Uh, for instance, there's a dentist who... who, who is usually quite dirty and, and scruffy. And he says, G'day, Frank. Do I look all right today? <laughs> you look great. And we encourage one another. And I, I sometimes go and buy him a coffee or, or get some groceries occasionally. But that's only happened once for groceries. But coffee or a bit of food. And, and it's just really nice to love people in the context of my practice. It's easier for me because I'm my own boss. Mm. But it does mean that um, I'm not as productive. And I find that really easy to love people like that and not be productive. So I have to kind of work at um, disciplining myself to getting some work done as well. But it's really cool to love people through that practice. And and often as a lawyer, it's about, I, I liken it to turning on lights for people. Right. Because often people, you know, it's like if you have something that's wrong with you and you know that something's wrong but you don't know why it is, you go to the doctor, they tell you, and you go, ah, I feel okay about that. Well, being a lawyer is not like that as well. Right. Yeah. Jesus, you know. Right. Um, all right, real quickly. Um, yeah, when it, all the different categories that you sort of sent through, prioritising definitely seemed to come up. All my answers for all the categories would come back to prioritising. Because right. it is about, I think, um, little decisions all the time. And sometimes I feel like I get like small decision fatigue. It's just constant decision making. And yeah. Uh, yeah. But the verse that you shared about, you know, sort out your fields before your house, I sort of read that and I thought I don't really know what the difference is between my field and my house. And then just during worship, I sort of came to mind again, and the response that God gave to me was um, that the field for me, the real harvest for me is my boys. Right. And the real harvest for my boys is their salvation. Right. And so every little decision that I make about what I prioritize in my day, at the end of the day, I want them to not remember organic vegetables or a clean house, (laughs) or, you know, whether they have all the other little decisions that parents are constantly faced with, with, yeah, gets very political, but bottle feeding or screen time or all these decisions. But actually, at the end of the day, I want them to have a mum who loves them and a mum who is content and calm. And But that is so that they can respond to the gospel. That is so that I can show Christ to them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, the great harvest for me definitely is, yeah, boys that grow up to know and love God. Yeah, awesome. So good. Hey, we were going to talk about skill, and um, if you're really keen on hearing about that, look in the life group questions. But just for the sake of time, I want to move on to the final thing, which you began to touch on there, which is reward, which is the fruit, the, the output of what we do. Proverbs 12 says, From the fruit of their lips are filled with good things. And the work of their hands bring them reward. And so often we think about work and, and reward and, and income and things like that. But Proverbs 31 also just introduces us to this slight nuance, which I really, really love. 
and, and it says, it's talking about this incredible picture of a woman, which ladies don't feel like, like, uh, uh, harsh about. This, Proverbs 31 is more about the sort of woman that a guy should look for than some sort of obligation checklist on you. But one of the things it says in Proverbs 31 is this. It says, honor for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. There was something wider than just income, profitability, that actually there would be an honor. And so when I think about work and, and, and reward, first of all, I think there's a sense of output, of, of satisfaction, of, of a job well done, of being able to look and say, wow, look what's been accomplished. But also that the way we work and, and the things we're working towards would actually lead to honor, would actually lead to people going, that was worthwhile. Thank you for the work that you do. And so I just wonder what, what rewards have you seen or, or what things do you look for um, as output from what you're doing? You've mentioned one of them. Yeah, for me it's just the little snapshots I get during the day. I'll just walk through the house and suddenly I'll just see them and I'll just take a little photo in my mind of yeah. just just them and just that I get to raise them and that is the reward for me. So good. Um, I have a lot of repeat clients, that is to say that they want something done and they want other things done. I also have a lot of clients who come to me because another client told them about it and um, it's very humbling. I don't advertise much. I have a yellow pages ad and that's it. And um, it's, it's just a choice to know that you make a difference in people's lives. Wow. And it's, it's, I try and do that as a Christian, so sometimes I will actually talk to them, I'll ask them if they'd like me to pray for them uh, in an appropriate situation, but other times it'll just be treating them as somebody who God honors and loves. Right. Um, I get so much reward just from journeying with people at work, so, oh. you know, journeying, journeying together with them through their struggles. Um, you know, um, how to manage a room and how to manage children and things like that. And, um, yeah, it's just so it's so rewarding to see, um, you know, people um, work through conflict and work through difficulties. Um, and, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a big reward in itself. Um, I think there's also like an element for myself when I'm doing my work, you know, knowing that this is the work that God wants me to do. Right. Um, there's an element of like... Um, um, like spiritual reward as well right. and um, just you know like that you know God sees you know all the work on our hands and you know rewards things in the other areas of our life as well and for me personally that's a really big thing it's, you know he's looked after my family and things um, uh, yeah just just because um, of yeah work yeah great great hey thanks so much I think just in closing, one of the things that I've really found around that sense of reward is actually taking the time to celebrate work done. Like actually giving yourself the, the joy of observing what's been done and rejoicing in it. The Sabbath is part of that. God creates the world in six days and then the seventh day, you know, he looks and he rests. And I think part of that was enjoying what had been completed. And for me... Um, we, I deal with perpetual to-do lists, right? We love a to-do list. And it doesn't matter how many things you tick off that to-do list, more stuff gets added. And um, it doesn't matter whether that's around the home or, or in the workplace or whatever. And 
And, and yet one of the things I found with a daily and a journal going, what am I celebrating having accomplished today? Celebrating actually, and I can go, wow, done, finished. And yet there'll be more stuff tomorrow, but I'm so grateful that that has been accomplished. And actually enjoying, if you're working in something worthwhile, there should be that sense of looking back and going, that was really great. That was, that was awesome. And I find that really refreshing and enabling me to, to press on. Hey, thanks so much. Let's show our appreciation. Hey, as we said, that is the first of uh, five weeks where we're going to be looking at words to live by. Next week, Jenny's going to be taking us through the subject of money, contentment, stewardship, things like that, uh, generosity. And so we're going to please uh, come back next week, um, invite people. If this was great, invite people. Let's be a community that journeys around wisdom. Get to a life group this week. And if you're not part of a life group, you can ask our lovely first impressions and they will help you towards that. Uh, final thing for me is that at the end of this series, Jenny and I are going to be running our first ever Christianity Explored course uh, in the eastern suburbs. We're going to be doing that at the end of this series, probably right at the end of September. We're just finalizing details at the moment. But if you are interested in being on that course, that is a great opportunity to ask questions you have about the Christian faith, about what it means to believe, what it means to follow Jesus for yourself. Maybe um, you are somebody on a journey. You've never actually believed in Jesus, but you're like, I wonder what that is actually about. I, I, I wonder what my life would look like were that the case. What is this faith all about? Or you might have friends and you're like, I know there is a friend who has those questions. I would love an opportunity to bring them to a group like that. Jenny and I are going to be running it in our living room uh, from the end of September. We would love to welcome you into that space with all of your questions around some great content called Christianity uh, Explored. If you want to sign up or, or you can talk to First Impressions after the service. I want us to pray just at the close uh, right now. It would be really easy to go away with a to-do list. But if you'll know one thing about me, it's this. Um, I believe in grace, the free gift of God. And if you want something working out in your life, pray, God, give me the grace. Actually help me do this. Father, we come before you today and we're so grateful that you've gathered us around this incredible book of Proverbs. Lord God, uh, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you that... Uh, that you have all wisdom. And God, I pray that it wouldn't just be knowledge for us. It wouldn't just be information. But God, we'd experience the sort of life that is experienced when we live out of the wisdom, out of the information, out of the knowledge that comes from you. God, we I confess too often I am too hard-hearted to actually put into practice the things that I'm learning. But Lord God, I pray for, that your grace would abound in us. Lord, the free gift of your work in our lives day in, day out. Would you help us to apply what we're learning in everyday life? Lord God, thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you for this time together. Would you bless us as we go in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, fun to hang out this morning. Please stay for a tea or coffee and um, we'd love to catch up.